0: Hi everyone, this is Greg Lambert. It's April 3rd and this is Jackson Walker Fast Takes. Today I talk with Jackson Walker Associate Elisa Riley Garrison about the Open Meetings Act in Texas and what the current situation means for citizens and the government. Elisa, thanks for taking the time to talk with me.
1: Of course, thanks for having me.
0: So in Texas, we are pretty proud of our ability to address our government officials through the Open Meetings Act. And obviously, with the pandemic and social isolation and shelter-in-place rules, this is having an impact on that act. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on and what we should be thinking about right now?
1: Sure. So generally in Texas, governmental entities have to hold their meetings open to the public so that public, so public business is done in an open and transparent manner. So generally, this would require governmental bodies to hold meetings at physical locations where the public could come to attend and not in a virtual manner. But you're right. The emergence of COVID-19 has raised concerns that uh, the public meetings as contemplated under the open meetings act would be a public health risk and Mm -hmm. would not encourage or support the current social distancing guidelines that Texas has put out and the country has put out. So Mm -hmm. governor Abbott on March 16th suspended certain provisions of the open meetings act in order to limit public gatherings in Texas to slow the spread of the coronavirus, but still ensuring that governmental business is conducted openly and transparently. Okay. So, what this means for governmental entities in Texas is that until the suspensions are lifted, they can meet via teleconference or video conference, such as a webinar. But whether a teleconference or a video conference is used, there's a few things that all governmental bodies should keep in mind that are still required under the Open Meetings Act. Number one, under the suspended provisions, notice of the meeting does not have to be physically posted at a particular location, but notice is still required and still has to be given at least 72 hours in advance. The notice and agenda must be posted online on the governmental body's website and should include all of the information that they would normally include in a meeting notice, the date and time of the meeting, what agenda items they're going to cover. Hmm. In addition, under the temporary provisions, the agenda and the notice must include the toll-free dial-in number or free-of-charge video conference link for the public to attend. And importantly, you need to make sure you give the public Whatever passcode or PIN number that might be required in order to access that teleconference or video conference. Another thing with the notice and materials ahead of time, any materials that would normally be provided to or made available to the public during a meeting should be provided online in an electronic format. Uh, the second thing is a quorum of the governmental body or the presiding officer is not required to be physically present at a specified location as used to be required. However, a quorum must still be present on the teleconference or a video conference in order to conduct business. So the quorum requirements have not changed, they just don't have to be physically present anywhere. Gotcha. Uh, Number three, there's no need to have a physical location where the public may come to listen to the meeting in person, and there's no requirement to broadcast the meeting at a particular physical location. However, the public must still be able to hear all deliberations and discussions by members of the governmental body on the teleconference or the video conference. So two-way communication is still very important in order to make sure that public business is conducted transparently and open to the public. Right. A related point, the public must also be given the chance to interact with the governmental body through the teleconference or the video conference during a public comment time, allowing members to speak through a telephone line generally will satisfy this requirement. And you can still place restrictions on the timing and length of public comment to the extent that that is otherwise allowed under state law. For example, limiting the amount of time that someone has to comment to the governmental body. Right. And then fifth, the meeting must be recorded and must be made available to the public afterwards. Okay. So those are kind of the five key things. One other note is, you know, there are certain instances where governmental bodies will go into closed session. To discuss confidential items. In the world of virtual meetings, that's still allowed. You would want to make sure that the closed session is held on a different teleconference line or a different video conference link to ensure that those discussions are still held in a confidential manner. All right. All of the other rules under the Texas Open Meetings Act continue to apply. The Texas Department of Information Resources has put out some tips on how to conduct open meetings virtually that are helpful or we're always here as a resource to answer any questions.
0: Are there any usual traps that government entity might fall into with these new changes?
1: I think the hardest thing for people to get used to will just be how to conduct a meeting in a virtual manner and people talking over each other. Um, You know, when you're in a a physical setting, you can see when someone else wants to speak. So, um, you know, just understanding that there will be some transition there. One tip that we keep giving clients is, you know, go ahead and ask people to mute themselves unless they want to, until they want to talk, because Mm. then we don't have as much feedback and background noise. And it allows the meeting to be conducted a little bit more smoothly.
0: All right. Well, Elisa, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks again to Elisa Riley Garrison for joining me today. For more information and additional JW Fast Takes podcast and webinars, visit jw.com forward slash fast. The music is by Eve Searles. You can follow Jackson Walker on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This podcast is made available by Jackson Walker for informational purposes only, does not constitute legal advice, and is not a substitute for legal advice from a qualified counsel. Your use of the podcast does not create an attorney relationship between you and Jackson Walker. The facts and results of each case will vary, and no particular result can be guaranteed. Thanks for tuning in.